Hello, and welcome to True Horrors with Meg and Rachel. Every week, we discuss a horror film and the true stories that inspired, influenced, or bear striking resemblance to them. Be warned for spoilers and adult themes. I'm Rachel. And I'm Meg. And this is True Horrors. You're very small in the frame right now, Rachel. I'm sitting on a chair in front of my bed so that I don't get real stiff and Because last time we recorded, I stood up and almost immediately fell over because I was so like cramped up. So I I got a chair. I felt like that yesterday because I ended up sitting in the same place for a really long time. I can't tell what this is. I can't tell if this is the intro of the episode or if we're just we haven't started yet. Like we usually start by saying hello. It's like a um, it's like a cold open before the music starts. Well, I already well, told you I'm on, I'm like high on Benadryl right now. So, hey guys, it's Megan Rachel, and we're having a time. <laughs> welcome to welcome to the podcast. We've been having a time for a full week now. Okay, so there's a commercial that um I I forget what it's about. I know it's like it's a commercial. So commercials are usually about like some weird concept, and then they're like buy Rolos. But there's one that's like. It's been quite a decade, the past two years. Yes, I keep seeing it on Hulu. <laughs> I've seen it too. And every time I'm like, damn, commercial. It has been it though. It has been. I don't know if we've told you guys this, but I, my office, which is where I record from, it's slanted. So I'm in a rolly chair. So I'm constantly in fear of rolling backwards away from the computer. But I have like a footrest that I put my my feet on. So I like, I anchor myself down. It's all fine. It's a great time. So welcome. Probably I would have to say one of our roughest openers, like probably the worst opener we've done. Welcome to it. Change nothing. Uh, I I want this to be recorded for history. uh, Yes. Our biographers (laughs) will enjoy it. Okay. So not to pick on Rachel, but Rachel picked this movie. So I'm going to pick on her. I mean, I think we just we said last week, neither of us had ever seen it. And no, I picked it because I well, first of all, we were specifically trying to go for classics this season. Mm -hmm. Last one, we picked a lot of movies that we liked this one. We were trying to go for classics. And I knew this one had a specific story it was based on. I had never seen it. And it's fine. I mean, I mean, yeah, better than Friday the 13th was. I mean, a little background. I was kind of putting off watching this movie because I was really sort of scared of it. Not scared in a sense of it was going to be scary, but a lot of early Wes Craven stuff is real graphic, like Mm -hmm. really graphic. And I was a little bit concerned about like, I was like, am I in the mood to watch? Like y'all know I don't love slasher and I definitely don't love what's considered like the torture porn aspect Mm -hmm. of that. So you're not really going to get a lot of those on this podcast. Um, those because neither of us are into yeah, them. So I was very concerned. And then I was watching it. And I was like, this movie's so fucking boring. Yes. Like nothing. I don't want to watch people be horribly mutilated. But there were certain points I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. Yeah. I don't like, am I just supposed to guess? Like yeah, I guess. some, some things need to happen on screen. Some things need to not cut away from. I'm sure it was like a budget thing, right. but like. There were seriously times where I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, again, did this happen? Like, I literally went to Wikipedia when this was over and read the Wikipedia summary and then figured out plot points. Because, like, 
not to jump ahead and like obviously all of our things have trigger warnings but the the sister the younger sister is raped Mm -hmm. and i really wasn't sure which one of them raped her or if either of them actually did rape her and it's supposed to say that the only the only the second one did how are how are we supposed to get that? how are we supposed to get that like and that's the thing is i was like I sort of got it because I felt like she was struggling with him. And then Mars, I think it's Mars and Jupiter. Mars was like, nope, like you don't get to. And Jupiter then destroyed it. But then I was like, but did Mars actually? And again, I do not want to see anything like that. But I felt like there was no discussions. I was left being like, what? Like there was even a point when um, Papa, whatever. He's Jupiter. He's Jupiter. Jupiter. Yeah. Who's the bald guy? I They're think, all planets. He's not. It's is Mars, Pluto? Pluto, and Mercury. Mercury okay, is the then guide. He's Pluto. Yeah. Because Mercury is yeah. the one who dog, the true hero of yes. this, the yes. beast, the true hero of this movie, mm-hmm. KOs. But no, um, when he was talking to the dad's severed head, I literally was like, is he actually alive? Like until they panned out because I literally couldn't figure out what was happening. Like yeah. I was like, Oh, was he actually living or did they eat him? Are they eating him while he's alive? Like anyway, that's a big, more of a global thought than step-by-step. But first of all, I literally was going into this movie, like, okay, I have to prepare my soul for what's mm-hmm. about to happen. And then I was like, yeah, like whatever. Like, again, you're right. It's a better movie than Friday the 13th. But it's not, not a much. good movie. Yeah. It's not a good movie. No. I don't understand uh, how it got this classic status. I don't either. Um, also, with it not being a good movie, what is it with movies in the 70s and thinking that I'm going to give a shit about characters they don't develop? I Why don't would know. I care? I don't care about any of them. I was actively rooting for them to get eaten after the father dropped a racial slur oh, for yes. absolutely no reason. I was not expecting that. Um, they were all terrible. It was very weird. Like it was weird Mm -hmm. because like, we don't know anything about them except they're going to California and sort of own a silver mine. I don't really looking for a silver mine so they can take some silver. I thought it was that they were like willed that mine, which is why they were like migrate. Exactly. The mom might have said that they, that she bought her husband. I know it was for their silver anniversary. Yes. That she bought is great. Like, I I think the idea of like going to a silver mine on your silver anniversary is a good idea, but I don't, I don't know what they were doing actually. Again, much like with Friday the 13th, I know nothing about them and they have no, and what I don't get is these movies aren't really necessarily shorter than modern day horror. Right. Like, yes, the conjuring movies are really, really long, but most are between 90 to what, like 110 minutes. Yeah. And so but I care about them. Like, I don't understand how they're using their time because it was like the little bits of conversation they got. I was like, well, I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Um, But let's start from right at the jump, how none of them seem to have any kind of self-preservation or sense of danger, which is also not a single one of them. There's not even one of them that's, they're clearly a family because Mm -hmm. they all have the same stupid point of view in that sense. Like no one is like, Hey, this place is sketchy. This guy is basically begging us Mm -hmm. to get back on the main, which that's different. Like, I don't know if you've seen the wrong turn movies. Mm -mm. They're pretty brutal, but like the wrong turn movies there, that guide role is leading them there. Right. 
I always um, thought that was the same thing, but he's actively like, don't do it. And they're like, oh, he just wants the gold for himself. And I'm like, I hope you all die. Yes. I was also surprised that he was trying to get them to go away because that trope comes up. Like, it's such a common trope that it comes up in Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah. Trying to lure them into the trap. He's trying to do the opposite. Like, I, I wasn't expecting that, at least. The harbinger. That's yes. what they call him. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Because it is like it's so clearly sketchy. There's something clearly wrong Mm -hmm. and none of them get it. I just wrote seriously. What is up with these people? Also, were they just lying about there being a military base there, like an Air Force base there? Or what was that about? It's supposed to be that that's why they're like that is like nuclear testing. Okay. So you do see the plane because the you do right. see a plane at one point and the brother-in-law does go and get stuff from basically where the base throws right. garbage. But yeah, and it seemed like what the grandfather was saying was that the military was going to start coming in here to do. So it's like almost they're being gentrified almost like by the <laughs> military. Um, And so the military was going to start like was moving closer and closer to the land of like the Hills Have Eyes family. Okay, And the thing is, I really expected that because they kept talking about it, I kind of expected the Air Force to come in and save them at the end. And they just didn't. We talked about it for the first half of the movie and then we just never talked about it again. It was a real Chekhov's gun because you did. You did expect that that was going to be how it ended was that they were somehow saved by the military or even even indirectly, like not necessarily just they just show up and are like, what the fuck? I wrote at the very beginning, this baby and one sister will live. Yeah. I definitely thought there'd be a higher body count, but I was not wrong, like, about those. Like, I was like, okay, one sister and the baby. Wow, I do not like the dad. Nope, hate him. I get why his own men shot him twice. Did you (laughs) hear that? Did you hear that? He was shot twice by his own men, and I was like, me. Like, good. You had it coming. So weird. And that's another thing, like... I I wrote just like with Friday the 13th. I'm like, what was the dialogue for this movie? What is the dialogue? Because at one point, the young boy who is, I'm guessing, supposed to be in his late teens, if not mid-teens, makes like a sex joke at his mother. I don't remember that, but I'm sure it did happen. And I was like, what is the dialogue? He made a penis joke at his mom. And like. Weird. That's not anything anyone would do like between that. And then the, it was at the same time when they told the story about how beast killed another dog. Yes. Which was also all so weird about it. Yes. And I was like, okay, so like who are the protagonists? Cause that's like, the thing. When are you people going to get eaten? Cause that's the thing is that they, um, I get what they were trying to establish. They were trying to mm-hmm. establish that beast is ferocious. They were trying to establish that beast is a silent until he's ready to kill. Right. But like they could have said that with like, oh, remember when he killed a coyote? Like, yes. remember when he killed that like coyote that was trying to murder us or get the baby or like they could have done it in a story that wasn't like, oh, dad was so mad he had to pay yes. for this dog that our dog murdered. Like it was so weird. So weird. And they were like mocking the woman who owned the poodle. Like, yes, I oh, I wish more of them had been eaten. 
it was so weird and it was just it was very strange also another thing is that the hills family whatever we're calling them the the planet family the planet family um the, solar the galaxy system. family the solar system meg fine but they didn't trap them mm -mm. that's also it is that like they were not actively pursuing them they were like oh let's see what happens and then they crashed the car because they were idiots and they're like mm -hmm. oh, all right but they weren't there was no sense that they were trying to like stop them the right. grandpa didn't leave them there mm -hmm. and they didn't like put the rabbit in the road <laughs> would have been funny though if it was like a trained rabbit yes i can't remember what the moons are called for jupiter but it could be one of the moons io is the only one i can think of also can we talk about the music choice oh my god it was very odd was it like in the public domain is that why this music got chosen it would have to be again it's not as bad as the quote unquote music and Friday the 13th, but it's still garbage. Like not to jump ahead, but why did they take the baby? They kept talking about how great that baby was going to be. But of all the people there, not, not to be that person, but the baby has the least meat on it of all the, like they left four perfectly good corpses that they could have eaten. And they took the baby, which is all fat and no muscle they it's weird because i definitely felt like they took the baby as like a plot device to try to establish how evil they were that they would right. eat a baby but you're right it made zero sense i originally thought they were taking the baby as in like oh now we have a baby and this baby is gonna be like i don't know grow up to like be one of us like right. that's how we because like you're right it doesn't it doesn't make sense it's just like weird shorthand to establish how evil they are mm -hmm. but it doesn't make logical sense considering they're starving out there yeah like it doesn't make any kind of logical sense although because it seems like jupiter had told mars and pluto to kill everyone and then mm -hmm. they didn't and so I don't know if they thought everyone was dead there and they would just go back and get the bodies. But like, right. see, there's a lot of stuff like that that doesn't make any sense. It's just like they want us to know that they're scary. Mm -hmm. And like, that's something you really need to show and not tell. Right. Like for me to think. Also, the lighting in this movie was something like there was some real lighting choices. Yeah, it's really baffling. I wrote I wrote this movie is really baffling. It really is. I also in the beginning, I was like, I need two family trees stat because it takes right? so long for them to establish how anyone is related. Also, the actor who plays Pluto, I feel like he like he is literally on the cover. Like, that's why I thought he was Jupiter, because right. I think he is more what people think of when they think of this movie is the actor who plays Pluto. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why that is, but he was when I um, went to go watch this movie on stream. He was the cover, right? not Jupiter. So it's why I thought he was Jupiter. They're just, they're baffling choices. They leave the trailer so many times when they shouldn't because yes. there really isn't an established like way for them to get into the trailer. They set a trap for them by letting the dad on fire. Right. So if they just all been like, we're not fucking leaving the trailer. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't seem like, I mean, obviously they would have eventually break broken the windows, but mm -hmm. they would have been able to keep themselves a lot safer. Yes, because the thing about the desert is, especially at night, like that's when all of the animals are active. Like they spent so much time talking about rattlesnakes. Do you know when those snakes come out? They come out when it cools off. Like you don't want to 
accidentally stumble on a rattlesnake or a scorpion or any of those things like just stay in the damn trailer do you know how mad i would have been if we hadn't seen a rattlesnake in this movie after all they talked about it when they got to the end i was like thank god where are these rattlesnakes we've been talking about like fuck it also like am i wrong are rattlesnakes different than any other snake where it's like if you don't fuck with them they're not really interested in your life all snakes are like that all snakes are like that so like to be scared of rattlesnakes i'm like you don't really need to be scared of them unless you're fucking with them well the the issue is if you surprise them like if you're walking around and you come upon them and they're not expecting you they might bite you which is why like when you go hiking around areas where there are snakes or bears or like most predators, you just have to make like a lot of noise because they'll hear you and they will fuck right off because they don't want to be anywhere near you. Good snake facts, by the yes. way. But there were a couple of times where the son said something and it really like his acting choice really surprised me because I was like, you don't sound scared. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying that and you don't sound like you're scared. You sound more like frustrated. <laughs> and it's like, it feels really weird for the situation. He was also wasting his bullets. They yes. were all wasting bullets, oh um, which I hate in any kind of show when I'm just like, oh, we're just throwing those bullets away. Mm-hmm. Like the thing is, um, I don't know much about guns, but one thing I do know is that handguns are not long range weapons. No. So as that person was, whoever it was even, was running away in the dark, I was just like, stop, stop shooting at him. He's gone. You're not going to hit him. Like save those bullets for when he gets real close to you. It's a short mm-hmm. range weapon. You don't, you're, you're not holding a rifle. Like also we had no reason to believe he actually knew how to use that gun just because his father, like his father obviously did because he was a cop, but like, that doesn't mean that he trained his son how to use a gun. No, it was very much like he's a man. So we're going to give him the gun. And I'm like, but he's an idiot. Yes, they all are, but still also, why were they revolvers? Like, I don't think they give cops revolvers. Like, I don't think they have done that since like 1890. No, the gun choices were very odd. Again, it felt like those were just the guns someone on the crew had. (laughs) And like, it just, a lot of stuff felt like that. Mm -hmm. But also when Doug comes back, everyone is just having the worst time and Doug is not getting the vibe. Yeah. Like also the son is just endangering the family by not saying that beauty was gutted until like what? halfway through the movie because that's Mm -hmm. the thing she was not torn open by an animal she was very clearly gutted by a human person right and he just keeps that the fuck to himself Mm -hmm. and it's like because of that they're able to sneak into the trailer to Mm -hmm. assault his sister murder his mother like all these kind of things um i know i think i don't think i'm in the order of that correct but i know they locked him out of the trailer and he doesn't knock which is very weird (laughs) knock on the goddamn door they shoot they go to the baby at certain points Mm -hmm. and that baby's face just says she knows exactly what's going on both in the sense of the story and as a baby actor who does not want to be a part of this i wrote the same thing in my notes (laughs) i wrote did he try knocking and then this is the part where I wrote, I'm not saying I want it to be more graphic. I'm saying there are ways to make it not graphic, but also have me as an audience member know what is happening at any given point. And I really didn't. And yes. then like when I read the Wikipedia page and they were explaining different scenes, I was like, I didn't even realize that's what was happening. I went to the Wikipedia page too, but I did not read the plot summary. I was just like reading genre stuff because 
it's an exploitation film. And I was like, aren't exploitation films supposed to be more violent? And then I stayed up until 11 o'clock reading about different subgenres of exploitation films because that's what I do. But like basically with horror movies, you have two like basic strategies that they use to make it scary. One I would argue is not scary. Um, and the one that I would argue is not scary is a lot of violence and gore. Yes. The other one is suspense. And they did neither with this movie. Yes, that's it. You've hit the nail on the head. That's why this movie was so boring. Yes. Because it was just like, even though I also am not a, afraid of gore, I couldn't decide if I want to say scared or afraid there for a second. <laughs> a scared um, of gore. I at least understand that as a genre. And sometimes it's interesting. Like, I don't know if it'll be a season three movie because we've already mapped season two. But I like the Saw movies. Like, right. I like them for what they are. Um, I, I the recent one that's going to come out now, which is kind of a reboot of the franchise with Chris Rock, looks real good. Like, looks really good. And he's taking kind happening. of a jump. Yeah. It, I mean, it's one of those movies that's been really postponed because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. but it looks like it's getting a release date. Gotcha. And I don't know that he's done a lot of a ton of drama. Like, I, I just don't think of him that yeah. way. So this it's an exciting role, mm -hmm. you know. But that's because, like, obviously there's, like, 17 of those movies, so they're not all winners. Right. But they are smart, and they do have something they're trying to say beyond just torturing. And there is the gore. And there actually is some suspense because, again, I don't know how much you remember from what I've told you about the movies, but the whole thing is all the traps are supposed to be survivable. Right. So you, as an audience member, know you're the, the person could live. Right. So you don't know if they're going to. And so like that kind, like I am not scared of the Saw movies, but I did right. watch them and I was like, this is entertaining. And when they all fit together, like mm -hmm. puzzle pieces, da dun dun <laughs> Um <laughs> They're interesting. Like, and they tell a very interesting, like, oh wow, wow. I don't know that I necessarily would have enjoyed them as much if I wasn't watching them. Like I basically binge them over like right. a week because yes, I probably even I wouldn't have remembered some of the stuff. And you know my memory. Yes. Cause I, I think I've seen the first three of them, but like one of them I definitely saw in theaters. And it's like it never made any sense to me because I was like, I, I know like characters come back, but like I didn't remember who they were. And also we are just like going on such a saw tangent right now. So we need to stop and get back on track. Oh, yes. Anyway, so Instead I'm just saying that about these good movies. Let's go back to talking about this terrible movie I made us watch. I'm just saying that although I am not scared of gory movies, I can find them interesting. Mm -hmm. And this one, I just like, again, if they were going to go in that direction, I also really hated the choice to have. Is it Brenda? like whatever the sister who lives name is just yeah. scream throughout the entire last quarter of the movie. Yeah. Eventually she stopped screaming and actually came up with a really good plan, right. but it was like, it was distracting that she wouldn't stop screaming, <laughs> like stop screaming. I mean, I get it as like a realistic choice, right? But like, it's really bad for a film because it was like, I was like, Jesus, like, stop it. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I think we gave up realism a long time. I think we gave up realism with the premise, so. Yes. I, and then I wrote when dog killed Merc Mercury, LOL. Um, the Beast was the true hero of yes. this movie. The Beast killed two of the antagonists. Yeah, he did. And he, like, had a whole plan for both of them. He's got some great cognitive reasoning skills. <laughs> Better than the family, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs>
they killed his mate so yeah. he fucked him up yep. but like like this whole movie just should have been from the dog's perspective is what I i'm know. saying that would be a much better movie um they do come up with good plans at the end yeah then brenda just keeps screaming when he goes to check the body i'm like he has to check the body because he's probably yes. not dead yes it's horror movie rule number one it's make sure your antagonist is dead i'm seeing if there's anything else i wrote Oh, I wrote, oh, it is Brenda. Cause I wrote, we could have gotten more uh, background about Ruby, about Brenda, about Doug, any of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not even saying the brother cause fuck him, but any of them, a little bit more of a characterization. Right. And can we talk about how it just like ended? Like yes. what did they run out of money? Like run out of film. Like that's the end of the role. We're done here. Like, okay, when did they unchain her? Because they made a point of showing us that she was chained up because she tried to run away and then she was no longer chained and that was never shown. Her punishment was over. I just wrote, what the fuck is ascending? I'm done. I've got nothing more to say. I've got nothing else to say about this movie. It was, it was a bad movie. I literally like, and now I'm scared because I know we've got more movies that neither of us have seen. I know, right? Coming down the pike because we did try to have the theme for this to be more movies that were like, had title recognition. Yeah. And I think season three is just going to be anarchy. Like, I think it's going to be whatever we want all the time. I hope so. Just like whatever. Cause I'm like, whatever it like two of these movies we've watched now, I've been like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, classic or non-classic. I've got nothing to say. I would definitely survive this yeah. movie because neither of us would have gone off the path in no. the middle of the desert. Like, no, that's a bad idea. You can't tell how far away things are in the desert because there are no landmarks. Like, it gets hella cold at night, which they all seemed really surprised by. Like, yes. is it not just common knowledge that it gets hella cold in the desert at night? Because there's no cloud cover to keep the heat in. Because, like, at, they weren't even driving on a road. Like, it's not that they were driving on side roads. They were just straight up driving on, like, a dirt path. All We'd right. survive. We'd totally survive. So again, I chose this because the story has a direct inspiration, which I'm going to mention up top is straight up. It's made up. It's not a real story. This did not happen, Um, but it is presented as true. And again, it was it's what inspired Wes Craven to write it. It's the story of Alexander Sonny Bean. I used the Newgate calendar via like a law library from Texas. Um, The Newgate calendar was where they used to like publish hangings and and stuff like that um, from Newgate prison. But it kind of seems to have gone off the rails at some point because that's where this this story like kind of comes from. Just Um, to be clear, Rachel, because at one point we were discussing this and you were talking about like, well, everyone knows this story. And like, I don't think a lot of people do if they're not really into either history or really into that. So I just want to say when you're saying it's not real, you mean you're you're going to explain what you mean by that. Like as yeah. far as it's like it's it's a myth. Yes, um, it's, it's a legend. It's a sure. legend. The not yeah. that because when you were like it's a story, but it's not real. I was like, let's define what we mean, because like yeah. we do do inspirations on mm-hmm. that. This isn't like when we talk about hauntings where we've already said we go on record as we're presenting it the way that the witnesses who are there are going to say it. Mm-hmm. This is something that's just bullshit, it's but it is the inspiration. Bullshit. My other source was BBC Scotland. So Alexander Bean, also known as Sonny Bean, was born in East Lothian, Scotland at some point. Nobody knows. Maybe during the reign of Queen Elizabeth, back when King James I was just governing Scotland, 
or possibly during the reign of James the sixth. And this is right, right away how, you know, this is not a true story. Oh, I drank a lot of wine before I wrote this. So I did a lot of editorializing and I'm going to kind of try to bring that energy. I, um, I had meant to drink the wine while I was writing it, but this is when I was having all those technology issues I told you mm-hmm. about. So I had already had a lot of the wine at this point. But anyway, this is how you know right off the bat, this is not a true story because it either happened during the reign of one of the most famous English kings of all time, the one who has his own Bible, the one who helped fund a lot of Shakespeare's plays, or during the reign of some jackass I've literally never heard of. So whatever. Um, his parents worked as ditch diggers and hedgers, which uh, a hedger is someone who creates or mends hedges. I looked it up just to make sure. And Alexander was not into this. He did not want a life of labor. So he ran away. He ran west and he met a lady and her name was Black Agnes Douglas. And she, oh, I, I wrote, the only thing they loved more than each other was robbing, murdering and eating people. Um, it didn't say that anywhere. Again, that's me editorializing. And they moved into a nice little cave on the west coast of Scotland, which was in maybe Girvan, Ballantrae, maybe somewhere else. Nobody knows. Also, it's not real. So they didn't live anywhere. And they spent 25 years living in this cave that nobody could find and never, ever went into town. But people all around the area just kept disappearing without a trace, except when random hands, feet and limbs would just wash up on the beach. So obviously people freaked out. There were, I mean, they don't say witch hunts, but you know, a lot of people were arrested and hanged, but you know, they all like maintained their innocence until their deaths until this young couple coming home from a fair got attacked by a family of now 45 people. Keep that number in mind later. It's going to, it's going to come back. So the wife is like immediately killed. They apparently slit her throat and disembowel her. Maybe with their bare hands, it doesn't really say. I'm going to need more details about how this happened um, if you want me to believe it. But then like the husband's able to hold them off until like another group of people coming back from the fair arrive and they're able to fight them off. And the 45 person family of cannibals tries to take the wife's body, but they're not able to. They have to leave her behind so they can get away. So they go to the king. Again, either James the first or the sixth up in Glasgow and three to four days later, the king and a, an army of 400 men arrive. Again, if any king were personally involved in a manhunt, you think that would be written down somewhere. And they search everywhere with no luck. They bring um, bloodhounds out and the bloodhounds find this cave that they are just like hot, like they, they're indicating that there, there are people in this cave. Now, Here's the only part of the story that I really enjoy, which is that the cave at high tide is what's up. Did the writing say either James the sixth or James the first, because before he was King James, the first of England and Scotland, he was James the sixth. You know that English history is my, I just didn't want it to be one of those things that, so like when he was just the King of Scotland uh, before he, because he was Elizabeth the first heir. 
um, before Elizabeth died, he was James the sixth. And then when he okay. got to be king of England and Scotland, he was James the first. So I just, gotcha. it was just, you kept, once you said it, I was like, did you say the six? But this is my, my area of thing. Uh, Rachel is American history, right. specifically the American revolution. I love this. Like James the first is like, he's the end of it though. Yeah. Like I barely care about Elizabeth and Anne. Like I'm really more like back all the way through the war of the roses, mm -hmm. but yeah. So definitely I feel like though it's this King they're talking about either when he was just the King of Scotland or 20, 30 years. Like that's the issue. If he was James the sixth, that was way before he became James the first. So there's a huge, you know, was he the king of England and Scotland? Or was it when he was just the king of um, Scotland? And either way, he wrote a whole Bible. He loved yes. catching witches, but he didn't mention the cannibals. Exactly. Like he would have written a second book called How I Killed Cannibals with My Bare Hands <laughs> Through the Power of God. You know, but anyway, that's it. I'm not sure. It wasn't totally made clear to me. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's because I, I think that one came like the first or sixth was coming from BBC Scotland and they were expecting me to know that already. I think even if I were from Scotland, I shouldn't be expected to know that kind of bullshit. Um, you know how that's, I feel about royalty. I know. That's why that's I'm here to be like, well, it is my bullshit. <laughs> Only though up until that point, I don't like the modern. I just like, I just like War of the Roses and the Plantagenets when they were all just like, just absolutely feral and insane. Yeah. Like, but if you were listening to this podcast and you are also like me and really into English history and you were like, that's the same person. We got you like, well, our, you. our, our knowledge is either overlapped or we're like with a Venn diagram when it comes to random knowledge. Yep. So um, you were saying that you like high tide. Yes. Yeah, so at high tide, um, the entrance to the cave is supposedly hidden. I want to live there. I know, right. That I'm way into, I am, I'm way into that. Um, I'm also just like way into like the geography of Scotland. That's just, that's my shit. Oh yeah. I wrote here dream home, capital D capital H underlined. So they go inside this cave and it's full of body parts. Some of them are hanging. Some of them are pickled. There's gold, silver, various valuables, clothing. And I wrote, this is where it falls apart for me. Um, aside from where it fell apart before when we don't exactly know when it happened, if they never go into town, what are they doing with all of this stuff? Like, why do they need the gold and the silver if they're not going into town or if they're not living like a high life? And also, where'd they get the pickling supplies if they never go into town? So at this point, obviously all the families down there, the family consists of Sonny or Alexander and Agnes, the parents, eight sons, six daughters, 18 grandsons, and 14 granddaughters, which would all be produced via incest. And also if you add that up, it adds up to 48, not 45. So, you know, get your story straight. They capture the family, take them to Edinburgh, execute them without a trial. The men were dismembered and bled out. The women had to watch and then they were burned. And that's the end of that story. That is so obviously not true because when did it happen? Why isn't it written down anywhere? Um, a lot of historians speculate that this is like some sort of propaganda because it was during a rebellion in Scotland. It was the Jacobite Risings, um, which I don't know anything about. And I was not getting into it. It was like 10 p.m. And like mm -hmm. I said, I had a lot of wine at that point. Also, Black Agnes is like a nickname of like a real person who was either involved in that rebellion or maybe 
involved in some other rebellion. So that's another reason to think this was probably propaganda. But I, I mean, I'm not saying it's not propaganda, like anti-Scottish propaganda, because there is a lot of tension between Scotland and England. And there's a lot going on there that I don't know a whole lot about. But this is just like one of those stories that I feel like once you hear it, like you don't forget it and you're going to tell other people about this story. Like, so maybe it's propaganda or maybe it's just one of those stories that's so crazy, like that it it just becomes like an urban legend, like, you know, the the hook in the car door or the the guy following the woman home with his brights on kind of thing. So, well, and that's the thing is that in the time, you know, just a little bit pre Shakespeare or maybe during it, like people told stories the same way that we do. And so like, it doesn't necessarily, you know, for me, I know you have trouble with the pickling supplies. (laughs) For me, it's the fact that 45 people couldn't like this guy heroically fought off 45 people. No, no, a group, he, a group arrived and helped him fight off the 45 people. But before that, before that, but he was on a horse. Like, oh, was was the horse also 45 people just standing no, on each other? No, the horse is just really tall. Like, it, that's the part that gets me. Yeah. I mean, maybe some of the grandchildren were like children, but either way, that's just an overwhelming amount of people mm-hmm. to have them not have their asses kicked. Yes. Like, is the thing. Like, also, like, even if there was a group that came along, how many, what, a group of 40? Because that's the only way I see this working out for them. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part. And yeah, I've always, I understand that there are deep roots as far as propaganda against Scotland from the English because mm-hmm. they were trying to take them over and imperialize them. So right. obviously they want to um, make it seem like they're um, monsters in some way. But I also sort of just see this as just one of those scary stories you tell right because it sounds like i mean yes king james is is in it but it also sounds like a lot of the people who rose up were also scottish like they were also part of the city yes so it's more like the idea that ooh, like and did you know what happened and the king and this was again this was a king who very much believed in witches and things mm-hmm. like that so like um he would, it would fit into that. If there was ever going to be a king that would be like, I want to go fight those cannibals. I feel like it would have been James. <laughs> like, I just feel like, I feel like Elizabeth wouldn't have put up with that shit. She would have been mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm going to be um, farming that out to someone. Like, yeah. I don't do that. But yeah, all of these kind of like cannibal incest living in the hills thing, they all come back to the story. Yes. But the, say, the um, reasons for it existing are sort of. Yeah. This story also heavily influences Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So that makes sense. Yeah. Because it has that same incest cannibal vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know how to say that without being weird. <sighs> it just is. <laughs> it just um, is. Anything else, Bear? Nope. Um, all right, guys. So this was our The Hills Have Eyes episode. Next week, we will be doing Child's Play, the yes. OG not the 2019 version, the 80s version. Yes. And that's a my pick. We're going to talk about scary dolls. Um, Hate it. Love it. I feel like it's revenge for making you watch these past two movies. Yeah. I mean, we'd already planned it all out, but like deep in your soul, you had to have known. I came back in time just to plant this movie in because I'm like, those movies are <laughs> shit. And she's going to have to watch this terrifying doll. Um, all right, guys, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.